Hey everybody, it's your host Hampton Dorch. I wanted to let you know that this podcast is sponsored by O'Henry's Coffee. I go there all the time here in Birmingham. If you're here, check them out. If you're not, check them out online. They have some awesome coffee and it's just a great environment to go and have conversations like this. Let's hop in. Those of you that know me well know that I spend quite a lot of time on LinkedIn. And the reason is because I meet people like my guests today. And the coolest part about LinkedIn is like, you can show up and engage with people every single day. And over time, you really, you really get to know them. And ideally, you take those conversations from online to offline. And, and um, in this case, I've done that. But this is long overdue. I've learned a lot from this guy. And he's got a bunch to share with us today. Francisco Martinez. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, Hampton. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here, man. Yeah, absolutely. I remember the first time I saw you uh, on LinkedIn, you kept talking about this this sales blazer thing. And for those of you listening, I, I am in sales. Um, this podcast is not me selling you anything, but I was like, what is sales blazer? Can, I know there's a bit of a funny story to it too, but can you tell us a little bit about that? <clears throat> yeah. So um, as I was trying to think of uh, a name to define exactly what it meant for a, a person to be a leader without a title, someone who is a, a trailblazer, someone who's going to, doesn't care about the title, doesn't care about the promotion, doesn't care about getting the credit, simply wants to be make change happen for the sake of others. Um, I really was getting, you know, really working around this trailblazer idea. And I just combined, because because really what I write about on my LinkedIn is, uh, is, is people who aspire to be leaders within the sales organization. And so the thing that came to mind was sales blazers. So combine the two. Uh, and the funny thing is, um, I wasn't too off the mark because uh, Salesforce decided to uh, rebrand a couple of their things and, and, oh. and register the, the, the trademark there. And so uh, they ran with sales blazer. You know what? At least uh, what's encouraging about it is that uh, at least I wasn't off. <laughs> so Man. At least my idea for it was enough and, and, uh, and it's okay. You know, I reached out to a couple of the Salesforce guys, uh, who I, who I know, and they were laughing as well because they, they knew about my sales blazer thing. So it is, what man, it is. that's a bummer. <laughs> well, I, that's a good sign that you weren't off. We should go back and look at all of your, um, profile views history. <laughs> and I bet you can find the moment when somebody from Salesforce oh, saw sure. sales blazer, <laughs> stole it from you, made it their own. I think you should yeah. be getting some type of like commission for this or something. Oh, or something. <laughs> I know. Hopefully one day, but no, I'm good. I'll take a t-shirt. <laughs> okay. Okay. T-shirt. Yeah. Perfect. Well, um, I've I've shared this a lot. A lot of my guests these days have been people that are a little bit more in their in their twenties. And Francisco's not an old guy. He's he's a little bit outside of his twenties. Yeah. But I I think with that is going to come a lot more years of experience that I think is going to add a lot of value. You mentioned leading without leading without a title. Um, I mean, where did where did that idea come from? Uh, I guess when you were thinking about sales blazer. Yeah, so a lot of it just comes from how my career shaped out to be. So I think from a very young age, I've always had a desire to want to make an impact uh, in the world. You know, I was, you know, wishful and dreamt about doing big things. Um, and then eventually when I became a Christian, it was about how can I do big things for the Lord? And mm -hmm. so my whole life was built around how, how do I go about doing that? So 
coming from teen parents who decided to have me here in the States instead of having me in Mexico. My whole life was built around, you got to go do big things. And so I decided to pursue what everybody else thought they should do when you're trying to make an impact. And that is go try to get to an Ivy League school, try to get the best job possible. So for me, it was, I'm going to pursue being an orthopedic surgeon, maybe a neurosurgeon. Um, and so that's what I, what I did. And so uh, I got into high school, read a great book about um, Paul Farmer, Mountains Beyond Mountains. And it talks about this farmer who, or, or this medical doctor, brilliant guy who changed the world, tuberculosis, cured it in Haiti and a couple other places. And he, this guy would walk around 20 hours to go see one patient. So this, this radic just changed my view of what it meant to be a doctor. So I'm like, this is perfect. Mm. I could, I want to do that. Had opportunities to go into an Ivy League school through sports. And then, uh, and then eventually had an opportunity to go into medical school. And then I decided not to do those things. And partly because I met my wife um, and I was trying to figure out life. And so here I am, uh, personal training, running a fitness business and uh, on a, was on a good career track. And then all of a sudden just stuck trying to figure out what to do. And I had a mentor of mine who uh, offered me a job with him to sell insurance and being the young, prideful man that I was, uh, I said no. <laughs> and I mm. look back now, and that was it was a great opportunity. The guy that took my place is crushing it right now and has <laughs> tons of freedom. Uh, but I was prideful because I thought that the only way to make an impact was to have this noble career uh, that everybody thought, you know, everybody valued being a doctor was super important to me and to my parents. And then going to a very prestigious school was the goal. And so you th I thought growing up that this was the way to achieve that. And so here I am stuck, uh, not in any of those things, trying to figure out my future. And then I get asked to be in sales. And at that moment, I wanted to marry this girl. So the only way for me to do this was to get this job because it's the only next, those are the it was the next best thing for me. And so I signed up for medical sales, not knowing exactly what it was, but at least I got to work with surgeons. So there was a little bit of the prestige there that I was looking for. And I did well. And then eventually I just had this major breakdown about what to do in life. I, 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 there was a dichotomy in what I understood to be influential. Um, and I was wrestling with the title, with the degree, with the prestige. And I thought that those things were going to give me the influence that I was looking for. But here mm. I am, a sales guy. Uh, not the reason why my parents had me here, not to be in sales. It was looked down upon. And uh, going through that process, learning that it, it wasn't that I needed to be a pastor. It wasn't that I needed to be a missionary. It wasn't that I needed to be a surgeon, that I can actually have a meaningful impact in this world. I just, I could do that just with any job that I had. And so as I work through that process mentally in my heart with my wife and some mentors, I and it all came through some hard moments in my job where I had, I had, a, I had a, one of my mentors once say to me, uh, Francisco, you have the body of a Ferrari in regards to my work ethic and my skills, but you have the, the engine of a Prius. Oh, and so wow. in other words, I had all the talent in the world, but my drive was gone. And so I had my mentors who were my bosses at the time bring me into a room and confront me on some issues that I had uh, with my attitude about the job. And, and so I got stuck, but going through that moment, going through that process really helped me realize that it wasn't about the title, wasn't about the kind of job that I have. It was about, uh, you know, 
character, the person behind doing the job, just striving to influence for the sake of that other person. And, uh, and that's how, how, that's how I started. And so the rest of my career pivoted from that moment. And I kept remembering the words of one of my other mentors just saying the cream of the cop will rise. If you're a leader, you will, you will rise and be a leader. And mm. so often we forget that we're, we're striving, we're waiting for that title, we're waiting for working hard towards specific things when really uh, leadership begins by a choice. And uh, I learned that the hard way, unfortunately, and got humbled in the process. And I'm, I'm actually thankful for it now. That's a powerful story. And let, let's not forget that you said the word mentor upwards of five times. And I know that you were talking yeah. about more than one person. Yeah. And how important is it to have those people in your life that you empower to speak into your blind spots? It's like, Francisco, you're a Ferrari, man, <laughs> but your engine's a Prius. <laughs> So oh, yeah. that, that is super cool that just that they were able to speak into your life that way yeah. and that you, you actually were humble enough to, to listen to them. Um, and another thing, wow, this, this, this question that I have, I was listening to a pastor the other day that said, and, and by the way, I, I, I say this all the time. If you're not a Christian listening to this, that's okay. We love that you're here. We're not, that we're not going to talk about like God, like constantly always, but me and Francisco both love Jesus a lot. So it's, it's hard for us to not talk about that, but we're happy that you're here. One thing that I found is that people say that, Hey, I want to do really big things. I want to make an impact or Christians often say when, when they, when they get saved, like, I want to make an impact for the kingdom for, for God. Yeah. And <laughs> what I've found in the past, I don't know if this resonates with you. I feel like I've said that before. And if I really deep down into the dig down to the depth of my core, it's like, is it actually for God or is it for me? Because if it was for God, I heard a pastor say the other day, hey, sometimes that big impact you're wanting to have, let, let's start with taking your wife on a date and loving your kids um, and exactly. and being kind to your neighbor. And then once you do that, well, we'll give you more responsibility. I don't know. Like as you, I'm curious if that resonates with you or if that's something that you thought about. Oh, no, it's a prayer of mine often, not for my glory, but for yours, oh Lord, right? But it is, I think the, the title gives us that sense of uh, personal achievement, self-made or whatever it is. And it does, uh, it, it does, it does distort a little bit of, of why we do things. Um, and I think in our flesh and our pride, we, we want the title because we want to feel good. We want to feel like, oh, we did it. And, and sure, we do some, of, we do those things, but ultimately it's not, it's not for us. Uh, like you're saying, mm. it is all for God's glory. Yeah, absolutely. Well, a couple of things. It's interesting because in my job at Wild Spark, where we do leadership development, so many companies come to me and they say, well, well, Hampton, we have a bunch of managers that got promoted because they were the star quarterback. And now they're being asked to be a head coach and they're not doing a good job because it's a totally different mindset shift. And so I think one on organizations, bad behavior, bad leadership behavior, or no leadership behavior often gets rewarded just because maybe you're the best salesperson. That's not the way that you're telling people to um, to get promoted. I, I think there's a different way yeah. where maybe on paper, if you like serve the people around you, lead without a title, all of those things, it might feel like a sacrifice in the short run because you're like, what if I give away all my secrets or whatever? But in the long run, we know it pays off. But like, what what are some of the things you're encouraging people that don't have titles? Like, what are you telling them to do? Like, how do you be a sales blazer, Salesforce? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, and then when I say these things, I rest, I still wrestle with this all the time. 
I'm constantly being tempted to not give my best ideas to my to my to my leaders, to my overseers, to whoever it is, because I want to guard and protect myself. And and that's not and, and that's where you first start. You got to define what leadership actually is. Leadership. One of my favorite things uh, verses on leadership is Second Corinthians one twenty four. It says that they sought the joy of others. Mm. That's it. We lead for others' sake, not for our own. And when you and and when you start there, everything begins to change. But that itself is a daily battle. Every day I wake up with a temptation. Am I going to serve my kingdom or God's kingdom? And it's a choice we make. Um, and so it, it's a hard one. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's a lot harder. And so it's a daily choice that we have to make exactly why we decide to lead. And so that's the first the first question I, I always ask myself and want to ask others is, why do you want to get promoted? What, what, what is in it for promotion? Because, and you know this, Hampton, and every, I think every, people are beginning to see this, especially in the LinkedIn sphere world. We're starting to see people understand that getting promoted is, is you're, you're, what you're asking for is more responsibility. More, is that what you want? Does, do you want more yeah. responsibility? Do you want to put people's lives under your care? And so that's a big deal. And that's a big question to be asking yourself. So promotion really, and that's from going from an IC to a manager, of course, there's other individual contributor roles that you can take that doesn't require leadership. And that's good too, but you always got to ask uh, uh, the why. why, why do you want to get promoted? And you got to begin there and you got to examine your own heart. You got to test, test those desires because ultimately leadership does begin with a desire. You got to desire not what promotion gets you, but what you get to do as a leader, you got to desire the work of a leader, which is to care for people. And so when you begin to be a leader without a title, that's where it begins. You just simply start caring about the people in your life. And so, like you said it earlier, a few minutes ago, you start caring about your wife. Do you plan every week to surprise and serve your wife? And my wife's probably hearing this in the other room going, oh, I pray for that kind of man in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. You know, here I am, here I am saying these things. And, and, and again, it's a struggle, but do you, right? So are you planning to, to serve your wife? Do you plan to initiate and take action and train up your children in the right ways that they should go? So there's all these things that we should be doing now that you can be doing now to be preparing yourself to actually have that title and that responsibility that comes with that title. You know, Jordan Peterson, I, I love what he says, and this goes around, uh, it's going around on Instagram all the time, but you can't, he, he says, you can't be mature unless you have someone in your life that you have to care for. And he's speaking mm -hmm. about being a father, being a, a, a being a, a, a mother, that you can't care unless you have children. And I think you said this in a, a couple, I don't know if it was with Peyton or a couple other uh, uh, uh people that have gone and speak on your podcast before, but you talked about the, the, the push to have young people or to encourage young people. It's okay. If you don't want to wait, don't let the world tell you that it's you're too young to have children because according to Jordan Peterson, he thinks that you can't be mature without it. And there's truth to that. You can't be a mature person unless you have someone that you have to care for or consider more important than yourself. And so you have I a mean, lot of young yeah. people that are listening to your podcast who don't have anybody to care for. They can't be mature. They can't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I haven't heard that quote, but there's a lot to learn from it. And I, of course, I, and I agree with you. I want to be sensitive to the person listening that 
yeah. that is single and doesn't want to be single, you know, and, and for you, I encourage That's you to point. just continue to, to be the person that you're looking for and, and trust that God is going to provide someone. But it's a good point in that, like, I have so many, you know, it's like when I'm in college and when you're in college, you are asked to be an unbelievable, unbelievably selfish person. I was so selfish in college. It's like, what, mm. what's my major going to be? What's my future? What internship mm. am I going to do? And it's like, I sleep until 10 AM and then I'm like, I don't have time any, for anything. I'm so busy. Now it's like, I get up at four <laughs> and I still feel like I don't have time for stuff. So I think that, you know, when, when talking to friends and nothing against any of these people, but when it's like, well, why can't you come here? Or why can't you work out with me at five after work? It's like, cause I got to go home and be with my wife and I don't even have a kid yet. So I, I will say that as you uh, are more responsible for people in your family or in like a leadership role, it really is hard to be super mature because you generally are only having to think about yourself. Right. <laughs> yeah. And to your point, Hampton, you know, it, we have we have some great amazing singles in our life that we that we have in our lives and we care for and they are very mature wise people yeah. <laughs> but what's this, what you distinguish about them is that they have made the choice to go care about people to put others before them right so there's still things that you can do as a single uh in your career going and working hard making a ton of money which is all good and fine you know but are you doing so if you really want to now aspire to lead people you do because the lives of others in your life depend on it. And there's, if you're a son or a daughter, you have parents that you can go care for. If you're a brother or a sister, you have siblings you can go care for. You're a neighbor, you have a neighbor to go care for. And so there's definitely people that, and if you have nobody and you live on your own in an island, look, you can get on a boat, get across and go find someone to care for, right? And so ultimately there, it is a choice. And for some others, it's harder than, than, than others. Mm. To my point earlier though, so many people get promoted and and don't necessarily desire to to care for people they're yeah. not really thinking about the responsibility of leadership and this then falls into sort of my world at wildspark where a lot of that is on the organization because like they're just rewarding whatever behavior it is whether it's like tenure at a company or a certain level of competency that then leads to a promotion but I don't know. I mean, have you seen, how, how do you handle if, you know, if I'm yeah, at an organization that doesn't seem to care about that, do I, do I stick it out and, and just try to have good character and do it anyways? Or do I get out? I mean, I feel like most organizations just aren't doing it right. Yeah. I think especially in my industry, in the med tech industry, um, a lot of it is driven by seniority experience because in our space, you have to be very clinically uh, minded, you you gotta know your 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 you gotta be a clinician because you're working with surgeons, you're working with the hospital, you're working with administration, you're working with nurses, all sorts of people that you're working with. So there's a high demand for competency in our industry because of the nature of our jobs. So that leans towards the person who is the most competent at the job or the most experienced is able to build relationships and trust with customers in a very unique way. And it's good. It should be that way, um, especially when we have patients' lives at risk. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it's those people who then, because of their seniority, like you're saying, stay in leadership positions when they should have never been a leader. And that's where I, being in the industry, uh, came to had this friction with this going, man, here I am doing all these things, caring for people, people seeing me as a leader, yet I don't have the title. 
and here I am working my tail off. And when is the title coming? Should I wait? Should I go? Should I look elsewhere? You know, to answer those questions, I don't know. I think yeah. the first question is always, uh, no matter the situation that you're in, you want to grow where you're planted. And so are you growing? You have that choice to make. I think, uh, you know, the, the grass is not always green on the other side. Everybody says that the grass is only greener where you water it. And it's only mm -hmm. going to be the greenest in heaven. So until then, you got to go water that grass. And there's a certain point that then maybe as if you water the grass, you've done as much as you can, you've been diligent. Eventually, yeah, you maybe you need new soil to be planted in. And that's okay. Uh, but I think in the, in the meanwhile, there's a lot of value to sticking it out. And um, right now I'm in transition. So I, I left my current job place that I've been at for over a decade and love that place, love those people. Uh, some of my closest friends are there. But I, it was time for me to find new soil. I was growing. It was, you know, things were, things were great. Things were fine. But there was another opportunity for me to go do something else. And, and so I took it. Uh, nothing wrong with staying, nothing wrong with going. So eventually you do have to make the decision. You need counsel. We talked about mentors, but yes, you need to still, I think there's longevity. And, and so what I was trying to say is that the reason I got this opportunity was because I stick, stuck around. There was moments over and over again in my career that I wanted to leave. My wife has heard them all. <laughs> she has endured my constant uh, frustrations and um, and it's a lot of it came from me, um, you know, having a, a vision in mind and things not coming to fruition, whatever, whatever it is. And so I, but I stuck it out and, and thankfully I have a strong wife who, who helped me push it through. If I didn't have her, who knows where I would be, but I stuck it out and that experience of longevity in this one place, even though there was moments that were hard and here I'm at a place with great leaders. Okay. So I'm at a place and they're not perfect. We weren't perfect, but I had a great people that I respected and trusted. And yet even then had my frustrations and wanted to leave at moments. And, um, and there was a misalignment and, and whatnot, but I stuck it out. And that experience brought me to my next opportunity. And I'm super excited about it. But if it wasn't for me sticking it out, I would have never had the opportunity to start something new. And so there's a lot to say about sticking in one place for a long period of time. And a lot of what we're hearing today is we're, especially on the LinkedIn world, we're, we're hearing a lot of people go, leave. If you're mistreated, leave. If you're not happy, leave. If your mental health is not there, leave. And all those things. And look, there's some of those things are right. There's sometimes you should leave. There's some, but at the end of the day, um, it is your choice to wake up, endure. And I know it's easy for me to say, I had great people that I worked with. <laughs> the nature of our job is very grueling and very uh, unforgiving. So that, that it was difficult for us in my industry. Um, but uh, being able to just every day wake up and make the choice, you know what, I'm going to lead no matter what, because it's a choice. And there's people around me who are in leadership positions. So guess what? I'm going to help them. I'm not going to go around them. I'm not going to, you know, I'm just going to go lead. I'm going to go give them ideas. I'm going to go share everything I am. If they take the credit, so what? You know, but part of that, there's strategy behind it, right? So the way I went about things is, is I'm an idea guy. So that's just mm -hmm. my strength. And with that comes many weaknesses, um, like wanting to jump one idea to the next and not, f not finishing the one idea. 
But because I'm an idea guy and whatever your strength is, I, I was able to cultivate uh, an environment with specific people in leadership around my ideas. So I constantly had ideas that I would come to leadership people with. I created friendships in the leadership team. And that allowed me to have a voice and a little bit of a room at the table. And so I, some of my ideas, a few of them worked, many didn't. But the point is, is that I doubled down on my strengths. I created an environment around them with people that people believed in some of those things. And I was able to continue to promote the leader above me, was continue to help them and give them all I had because I also knew over here and this happened this, now thinking back i i see what was happening it wasn't as intentional as i'm talking about now but looking back it was i'm looking at these things and i'm going wow i was able to create a a personal board of advisors who believed in me so no matter what if people did take credit guess what the leadership team knew whose idea that was even though we all celebrated the person getting all the credit that's okay because a leader doesn't care about the credit and again that is hard <laughs> it's not easy to to just say, hey, don't care about the credit. We're, we, I know there's moments we, we want the credit. But at the end of the day, a leader leads because lives depend on it. They lead for the sake of others. And so if, if you really truly have a desire to make change happen, have positive influence in, in, in the lives of other people, you won't care about who takes the credit. But at the same time, there was protection here because I cultivated this personal board of advisors within the organization that believed in me that provide invested into me that helped me create and helped me develop my strengths that eventually a lot give me a lot more opportunities because of those things so look there's ways to work with work alongside leaders who maybe don't deserve to be there and you can help them and make them better and ultimately they're going to be very thankful for what you did for them mm. you just dropped some good stuff right there the grass is always greener thing at the beginning um <laughs> Man, well, the 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 original question I believe I asked was was do I stay? Do I go? Do I look for new opportunities? And I think the answer, and and obviously this is not the the answer. Like every situation is different, but am I growing? Like if you are growing in your role, then maybe stick it out. The moment that you stop growing, then then I think it's definitely a good time to consider something new. But I I loved what you mentioned about. Like, is this somewhere where I'm growing? And even if it's hard, even if it like bothers me, maybe I stick it out. And that is rare, especially today. I mean, you were there over a decade. We don't see that a lot. And one of my mentors says, if you're faithful for any, with anything for five years, you'll be blown away at what you get. And you doubled that. And so I think so often it's this immediate gratification where it's, hey, let's think two, three, four, five, ten 10 years down the line. And that will create opportunities. So for you, it's like maybe uh, people job hop for, you know, a, you know, $8,000 salary raise, which in the moment might feel nice. But like, what if you stuck at the same place for 10 years and then catapulted to something new like you're doing versus like jumping around here and there? And so I think just, I mentioned this a lot on this podcast, but the book Grit behind me grit like that's gritty man passion and perseverance for a long period of time and you stuck it out and now it's paying off um can you say that one more time about the the grass is always greener with his greenness in heaven what was oh, that boy. <laughs> did uh, you just make that up on the fly no no i say it but now you're putting me on the spot <laughs> uh, it was the, good. Grass is, the grass is only greener where you water it but it's not gonna it's only gonna be the greenness in heaven mm. 
So what, I mean, is that that, I mean, the way that I heard that is obviously it's only green where you water it, but so often we're jumping to the next big thing, hoping that the grass is just going to be greener and greener and greener and that we're just going to be fulfilled. But yeah. Yeah. I not. mean, look, <laughs> I, look, I, taking the next step on this opportunity, there's, there's no question that like, is the grass greener? I don't know. Now there's cons to where I'm, to what I'm doing next. And I, I can't, I can't be public with it yet, but there's, there's cons to it and there's pros to it. There's cons for me staying. There was pros to me staying. And so the, the idea is not that things are going to be better because you jump because they're, they may not be it, the idea behind it. The notion behind that is that you're going to do the best that you can to make the most of the opportunity. You're going to redeem the time. You're going to, you're going to tackle it. You're going to get after it. You're going to craft your career. You know, if you have a bad culture, guess what? Go, go champion a culture that you're proud of. Go champion that culture that you want to be a part of. You don't have the leaders you want. Go be that leader that you wish you had. Go find mentors outside of it. Go, go, go LinkedIn message uh, Hampton, right? Whatever it is, there's, there's lots of ways to, uh, to, to, to make that grass greener right where you are. And after you've tried all those things and then doors open and you have the right skill set for those things, then, Hey, maybe that's the best next thing for you. What taught you to do this? Like how, what, how did you stay in your job for this long? I mean, I think I might know some of the answers that you're sharing, but uh-huh. if I'm 23 years old in my first job yeah. and it's, it's tough, why do I, well, I'm like, okay, Francisco, sure. But like, yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's pretty impressive that you're, you're saying all these things, but how did you actually do them? Well, number one, I have an amazing wife <laughs> who is yeah. not emotional like I am. And so, <laughs> you know, marry well. I think I, that's one of the most important things you can see. Uh, I know pastors who've, who've not married well and it's, and, and it can be a hindrance, you know, it could disqualify you sometimes. Um, but marrying well, it's super important. So making sure your spouse is on the same page or that significant other is on the same page as you are with your career. You know, there's something to say, I don't know if you can do this anymore because of all the HR rules, but you know, interviewing spouses and talking to spouses and making sure they're on board, making sure that they know what they're getting their husbands or their wives are getting themselves into, because that's just, that's a big deal. So I don't think I could have stuck it up. It wasn't for my wife reminding me about what is true, about, about what matters most at the end of the day, this, no matter the job, it's, it's a job, it's a career. That's mm-hmm. not, that's not why we're here. And so just remembering what is true that, my job is just a job. And at the end of the day, I did have a church a church and a ministry that I could be a part of where I could fulfill these longings to want to be a leader. So by the grace of God, I've had opportunities to lead in ministries at my church. I've been there for a long time as well. My wife's been there forever. And so it, it, we have this amazing community with amazing opportunities with a lot of people who want to be cared for. So look at that. I'm, I get to, I didn't get to be a leader maybe in the workplace, uh, formally, but I got those opportunities elsewhere. Um, and if you're, if you're a dad, you know, you've got opportunities to, you're about to be one, right? It's mm-hmm. a little baby girl, you know, is, is, you're about to have an opportunity to lead another, another little soul. And so uh, the same thing, like, do you have fun being a dad, enjoy the other areas of influence that you have 
uh, instead of wanting the next big thing. But that, that, that was a big thing. The community aspect, uh, having a, having a strong wife who kept reminding me, remembering what is true. It's just a job. It's just a career. Uh, eventually these things aren't going to fully satisfy me. They're not going to what make, they're not going to make me happy. I'm here to influence people for God's kingdom. So that could be done at any job from a janitor to a CEO, to a preacher, to a missionary, whatever it is. Um, I can do that with those things. And so it's those truths that kept me going and pushing. And also, um, I've had opportunities actually to, to leave and stay within my company and move up, uh, to have more influence, to have the title, to have the bigger pay. And actually we've chosen to say no. One of those reasons was going to cause us to move. Um, but, uh, but we, through that process, I learned uh, to have anti-goals or anti-vision, whatever you want to call it. I'm a big believer in that. So I'm a big believer, number one, is not having a 10-year plan. I don't believe in 10-year plans. That's just me. Nothing wrong with you have a 10-year plan. But I, I believe in direction rather than having a specific 10-year plan. Mm. Because 10 years ago, I would have not believed that I'm here. Okay. Yeah. Here I Yeah. So... So I don't, I don't necessarily believe it, but I believe in direction of life. What is the direction of life that I want to go in? And so for me, I knew exactly the things that I wanted to do. I wanted to be in a place where I was going to have the freedom to continue to be very involved in my local church. That was super important to me. Uh, and so for me to start over, let's say go into, into SaaS sales or girl sale for WildSpark would require me to kind of start over. And I didn't didn't want to give up what I was doing in my other areas mm -hmm. of life. So those things were true. And and then at the flip side, knowing which way I want to go, but also knowing what I don't want as I go there. And and then those things relate to each other. But knowing knowing those things. So for me, I stuck it out because I knew how I was built. I knew the direction I wanted to go. I knew what I didn't want as I strived for those things. Um, and I knew. And I had mentors in my life to also give me wisdom and counsel. And if no opportunities came my way, according to the things and the plan that I had organized, then I just said no. Knowing that and kept trusting, kept trusting that the Lord will continue to provide. I will continue to be faithful. I will continue to depend on him. And yes, it's going to be hard. And there are moments that are very hard. Uh, but I kept trusting on what is true. And all these things produce good character at the end of the day. So mm. no matter what, I become a better person. I become a person that's more like Christ through the suffering, through the trials, through the hard moments, through the easy moments. And every day is a choice. Yeah, man, that is so good. My, one of my favorite things that you said, there's a couple, but recently I've been just thinking about direction. Like 10 year plan, that, that's great. Yeah. But what, what direction am I going with my life? And for so many people, especially if you're young in your 20s, someone the other day said, just make your 20s an internship for the rest of your life. Learn before you earn. Focus on the direction that you're going. Like you don't have to have your your dream job, and it, like it, it's unlikely that you'll be doing the same thing for forever. But if you like the direction that you're going in, as long as you're growing, keep watering and and be faithful, and and I think it'll pay off. Another thing that I think is crucial for anyone in life, and the earlier you find it, the better, is community. You mentioned that you have that with your church. Community is built, not found. You don't, you don't necessarily just like, uh, another quote I like to share that my church says is the price of community is the sacrifice of commitment. Like sometimes you're tired and work has been long and you have other stuff, but like, if you show up for people and they show up for you consistently like that, that is, that is wealth. That is, that is the life that we were meant to live by having deep community. It sounds like that that's 
something that y'all have had and it's been really encouraging for you over the years? I mean, that, that's our, that's our life motto. Minis- uh, life is ministry. Mm. And so uh, our life is to be given to people. I mean, the apostle Paul says in second Corinthians 12, uh, that he will gladly, that's what's amazing about this. He gladly expended and exhausted himself for others. Like that is amazing that he was had yeah. found joy and being weary and tired and grinding it out because others would be built up because he would be able to pour life into others through his sacrifice. And so we have four kids and they all have practices and we have, and I have a, a, a career, a difficult career and I have to preach every week and teach and we're part of a, a Bible study group as well, together as a couple with other with other people. And and there's babies being born, and my wife is delivering meals. And I'm not saying this to to show off or, or whatever. It's not. I'm just using it as an example that life is hard, for sure. Uh, but our commitment to to invest in the lives of others is so well worth it. That there's a, a quote that I love that I love to uh, say. That we say often in our church, I rather burn out than uh, rather ru- burn out than rust out. Mm-hmm. Right? I want to burn out for Christ <laughs> than rust yeah. out. Meaning, I don't. Want, I want my life to be useful. That's it. I'm just a tool. I'm just a yeah. tool, and I, yeah. I'm one of many tools. You're a tool, which <laughs> I know is a derogative <laughs> term now. <laughs> no, I love it. I mean it on the positive sense. Um, but uh, now I'm forgetting your question. I'm sorry. But um, no, th- uh, that was that. Yeah, no, just yeah. about like your community. It's like you yeah, you're yeah. clearly serving your community and I'm I'm sure it's like the the idea of I like thinking about community as we all have a cup and it's like sometimes our cup is overflowing so we can pour out to the people around us yeah. and then sometimes we need to be filled up and yeah. uh I feel it's like mutual. God is almost he's almost rigged it to where if I look at every authentic community I've ever been a part of at least in my experience I've never seen every single person say I am burnt out I need help. There's, there's always like some people that are like, Hey, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm ready to, to give like, you know, so I think yeah. it's really cool how it works that way. I know it is pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, well, man, this has been, this has been awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm fired up. I, I want to be a sales blazer. Um, and just, and just serve other people. I mean, I, I think that just what we talked about of, don't worry so much about the title right now. Just love and serve the people around you. And you'll probably be happy when the whole title that you want in the first place comes sooner because you actually lead people well. So and that's um, the thing you, you want to, you yeah. want to make sure you, you want to earn it, right? You want to be a, yeah. a person who earned the title. And so often we're hearing that, you know, about trying to, you know, you know, go ask for the promotion. And there's nothing wrong with going and asking and talking about opportunities, but you want to generate and create demand for yourself in a way yeah. that's humble and not self-serving. Um, but by noticing other people noticing the problems that are within an organization, noticing how to make more profit for the organization. There's so many ways, so many opportunities that you can be creative in that people will, you're, People are going to take those opportunities. They, they may take credit for it too, but at least you can say that you had you built the experience of doing something like that. And so there, 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 there's, there's, there's so many opportunities, so many avenues to be able to be this leader without a title. Uh, but you got, you got to define, you got to define what your leadership is. So you got to ask the question: Do I desire that? That's the first thing. You got to. We talked about it. You got to. Uh, uh, have direction. So what's the direction that you want to take your career? And, and usually I like to ask that question is what change, what positive change do you want to make happen? 
What it, it could be yeah. internally, it could be in your life, whatever it is. And then you gotta have to decide every day. You gotta show up and make the decision to to lead in that way. Um, and then and then you gotta be able to do the work. You know, do go do the work of a leader. That's it. Show up. You don't need a title to do that. You don't need a title to care about others to ask how someone's doing, to invest in someone, to celebrate someone else's success. Um, I know a lot of Spark, you guys do a lot of that. You guys talk about that and it's great. So there's that can be done by anybody in the organization. And then the last thing, a leader is going to multiply. And you guys do that really mm. well with your guys, uh, with all your material. Uh, but leaders disciple. And so yeah. you're going to, not only are you going to be discipled and be poured into, so you create an environment where you can have mentors in your life that pour into you and you're transparent, but now you're also pouring into others, hoping that they also become the leaders that the people in their lives depend on. Whew. Yeah, that's perfect. Leaders multiply. That's that, that is, yeah. that is it, dude. Well, I, I always like ending these by having the guests tell people to wake up and lead. So, uh, you, you cool with doing that? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So I'll say it's time for you and me and you say to wake up and lead. So it's time for you and me to wake up and lead. Woo!